Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotaflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve. afternoon welcome into the run home on SENZ with Kirsten Beeb all thanks to Mick Delivery great to have you joining us today on Monday the 27th of February there is a lot to discuss Kane Williamson his historic feats today the Black Caps of course will be giving you live updates from the Basin Reserve all show we'll talk the first round of Super Rugby our power rankings our player power rankings plus so much more uh, coming up on the Makers menu Thanks to McDelivery. Who did it better? We ask you the question, who did it better between the Chiefs and the Blues? We want to hear from you today as well. We'll catch up with Brennan Popperwell from the TAB. BSI is just around the corner as well. After five o'clock, we've got the Chiefs star playmaker, Damien McKenzie, on the programme. We've got cream of the crop, uh, all thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Plus, Drive to Survive is hit big time. It's got to go today, people. It has got to go. We are sitting at $300, all thanks to our great mates at the TAB. Uh, if it doesn't go today, we can't give it away. We can't. We've got to do, we've got to give the full 300 today. So make sure you're on your phones at about 5.30. After 6 o'clock, we'll talk the NBL final series with Andrew Mulligan. And we've got Grant Elliott coming on the show as well to talk all things Test Cricket from Wellington. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Beeve, welcome into the programme from The Batch and The Coromandel. How are you? How is The Coromandel after everything that's happened over the last few weeks? Is The Batch still standing? <laughs> the Batch is still standing. Jeez, uh, the roads. You can certainly tell there's been some damage to the roads. Is How'd you get in? Uh, I went the coast road. went the, the coast to uh, Coromandel Road and... Uh, Lots of lots of evidence of obviously slips that were there and trees that had come down and uh, yeah it was quite an eye opener coming down yesterday afternoon but uh, great to be down here always great to be down here uh, a couple of things just to note there because if that three hundred doesn't go then it's look, got to. it's well it can come to my account because uh, mine needs uh, a bit of an injection 
And, uh, geez, what a wonderful weekend of sport we had. Isn't it great to have Super Rugby back? It is great to have Super Rugby back. It was such a good weekend uh, of viewing all round. It doesn't matter what game you watch. Even those Australian games weren't too bad, uh, I have to say. Mm. They were they were not too bad. Good to have all those All Blacks back playing as well. Yeah, it certainly was. They, you never say people aren't up for it, but Jeepers, is the World Cup year oh. just... Already, oh, I think it's added. Oh, already, I think it really it's added has. some spice. Everyone's it's, come out firing. You certainly have. Um, funny you mentioned the Aussie thing. I actually did because I had some interest uh, financially <laughs> in the Waratahs Brumbies game. I I watched that, and you know what? Often uh, I've mentioned many times it used to pain me to watch an Aussie game after a New Zealand Friday nighter. It wasn't. It had some. Not too bad. <laughs> it was not not too as bad, bad as it has been. Was no. It? But in saying that, I think we were probably looking at their two best teams yeah. gauging by the results over the weekend. Um, there was a bit of, yeah, there was certainly a bit of enterprise there from uh, some young Australian backs. I think too young to make a massive impact uh, just yet for the Wallabies. The other note of that game is Eddie Jones gets brought up on the yes. big screen and he yes. gets a standing ovation from the crowd. How long is that going to last? How long? It depends if the... they're winning or not. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's going to happen if you get towed up by 40 by the All Blacks and bled one? Is it still going to be the standing ovation every time Eddie comes on the, the big screen? No. But look, he's got about three months or four months to just make the most of it. Yes. It's a real honeymoon period, isn't it? He is it? literally a bigger star than any player, player. in Australia right now. <laughs> he's bigger than any player. It's not I mean, often you can say that, can you? When he got tapped on the shoulder and said that million dollars contract or whatever, probably plus that he was on over in the England, that it's all over. I wonder if he envisioned that life was going to turn around so marvellously for him. He's a hero. He's a national hero. Wherever he goes uh, in Sydney, New Zealand, uh, we're going to talk about Super Rugby big time on the program today. Uh, let's go through a few headlines. Beave, you said you got an absolute hiding on the weekend. Well, so did Beaver's Best. When was the last time you actually pulled through for our listeners? Oh, it'd be a month or so now. Mm, it must I think be it was said. a bit more than that. <laughs> it must be a good month. Look, the, you know the frustrating thing about the Beaver's Best one this weekend is... My three dollars shot actually came in the the Waratahs and who uh, they play Waratahs and Brumbies to combine for forty to sixty points and the game to be decided by twelve points or less. I thought that was my roughie, and because obviously we had a, a sure thing from Cambridge, uh, which didn't quite come in, um, and then we had the Chiefs with a six and a half points head start. Well, geez, <laughs> blew geez. that out of the water. They, they had that comfortably. And uh, and we had the um, force was the listeners from Hamish actually, he tipped the force by ten and I think they won by seven. So we were two from four in the weekend. I just still feel that we're seeing the ball well. It's only a matter of time, people. Keep the faith. I don't need you to come in on a Monday and uh, throw throw shade on Beaver's best. We are getting closer and closer, and it's a matter of fine tuning our game. And it's there's two a few from things. Four closer. Mentally, I've told myself I'm getting very close. Okay. I've I've adjusted mentally to it. I've made a few hard and fast rules about what I'm going to be betting on, and I'm going to stick to my wheelhouse moving forward. Now, there will be very little else other than uh, rugby and maybe a little bit of NRL. Now, Beaver, our history has been made uh, over the last few days. We'll get to the base in history, but first, history made in Christchurch. Damien McKenzie has overtaken you, one S. Donald, as the highest point scorer in Chiefs history. 
887 plays 886. You'll never be on top again, Beef. Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I didn't realise that until I... Some uh, some plucky young uh, producer sent me a uh, picture of it, and I uh, didn't even realise I was still there. I thought Aaron Curran would have been the the record holder. Not Do you reckon Damien's uh, even aware of the milestone? Uh, well, I got sent it again in the last twenty four hours um, by, by somebody, uh, potentially by someone broadcasting a Chiefs um, a Chiefs um, notification about. They've obviously done a post about it, so uh, clearly he does know about it, and. Um, yeah, we, all the best to him. I hope he, I hope he goes a lot further uh, with his points tally, which I'm sure he will. Um, but yeah, would have been nice if he'd left me have it for a few. Uh, I guess probably to the age where my kids could appreciate it would have been nice. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's that's Damien. Not the four-year-old will. Um, yeah, I actually haven't told her. I might have to, <laughs> I might have to tell her. Tell her. <laughs> Dad once had some some sort of points record. Anyway, um, speaking he won't about- get my. I don't reckon he'll ever get my all-time uh, in-game one. Which That's is what? How many 30, points? I think it was 36. I don't know if he'll get there. Well, actually, he will get what there. What did you do for prob- 36 points? Uh, it's the you day must have that, scored a couple of tries. Yeah, but it's the day we put 70 on um, the Lions in Johannesburg. And uh, we got accused of playing touch footy that day because we also let in about 60. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, that, that, that'll be tough to beat for Damo. But he'll probably do it because he'll probably score three or four tries one day. Mm. He'll, he'll definitely do that one as well. Mm. You'll be knocked off your perch. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Ross Taylor has been knocked off his perch and he's happy about it because Kane Williamson this morning became New Zealand's highest ever test run scorer, 7,684 this morning. But even more now. He's still at the crease, 116 not out for New Zealand. But let's go back to the moment it all happened. Yeah. Worked off his toes. Nice piece of timing. How good is the timing? It's going to run away for four. And there it is. Greatness has been talked about from a young age. And now Kane Williamson is top of New Zealand's test run scoring tree. Going past his long-time teammate Ross Taylor to a position many believed he would always get to. He has, and now is number one, appreciated by his teammates. Greatness, 700 7,684 runs in 161 innings. Ross Taylor did it in 196. Imagine what Kane's going to go on to achieve. I mean, you talk about Damien McKenzie, but Williamson, one of the greats. Oh, I mean, we talked about last week when I guess a lot of people were starting to, well, not write him off, but there was a few people coming at him. And I was thinking to myself, well, in this country, he's regarded as, if not our greatest, mm. he's in the conversation. And uh, to be writing him off just yet, and and sure enough, he's back, and he's he's back in a big way. And he's he may not be playing a match-winning innings, but he's playing a match-saving innings. And uh, I mean, you just can't keep of that echelon player. You don't keep them down for long. Yeah, Ross Taylor actually tweeted out his congratulations to Kane. Uh, he said, this achievement is a testament to your hard work, dedication to Test Cricket, of which I was privy to for a number of years. Here is to many more with a glass of red wine. That must be his tipple of choice. But match-saving innings you speak about, New Zealand, 430 for five. They're doing okay, Beef. They're doing yeah, got, okay. Got a lead of 204. So whatever they get from here on in, obviously, Kirst, the English have got to go out and get it. And What's the goal from here? 
bat throw to what stage? I'd say I'd say you play on the English ego here and you bet time because they will go after it regardless of what's left. So if you leave them half a day to go and get 250, 300, they'll go after it, mm. I reckon. So I reckon you just play on that. But, I mean, obviously. So just don't leave them any time? Don't leave them any time and, and, and just be in no rush. I mean, uh, what do we get? I'm Maybe a double century for Kane Williamson would be all right. If he wants to get a double, he gets a double. Obviously, uh, Blundell's set up sticks there too. Now he's on 64 off uh, 117. We're going along at three and over. I mean, just play it as it, play it as it, you see it. There's no, there's no point giving them any longer than they need because they are going to go after it regardless. Mm. Uh, there was a great show uh, that was back on uh, the airways last night, Beef, not on radio, it was on television, uh, the breakdown on Sky Sports. Oh, yes. We had some great guests on last night, uh, wonderful panel, but some great guests. First one, Man After Your Heart, Brad Weber came on the program uh, talking about uh, the new tactics in Super Rugby this year. Have a listen. Weber, you talk about strikes and, and different tactics now with these new rules. I'm loving the way the forwards have gone back into the old school tap kicks. I mean, you guys did it a couple, and it's been, been, a real, been a real feature through the course of the weekend. Just talk us through that. Look, to be honest, we're all copying the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, there it, it is. Used to be, it, it used to be the other way around, right, where we were the innovators and they would end up copying us. But I've got to be honest, we've been watching a lot of uh, the tap plays that they've been doing up, up north and really enjoying them. And, um, yeah, I guess particularly against the Crusaders, I've got a good set piece, scrum and, and line out. So it's actually it's actually quite good coming up with something different, have a bit of fun. The boys seem to really enjoy um, practicing them. And we obviously scored off one off on the weekend. So uh, we're one for one in that department. So I think you'll, yeah, I think you'll probably see more of those too. Beaver, what do you think Brad Weber saying the Northern Hemisphere sides are now the great innovators of the game? Do you agree? Yeah, well, it's embarrassing if it is, but um, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, I know. Well, to be funny, funny enough, because I was watching those games unfold, and because I'd stumbled onto watching a bit of the Northern Hemisphere a few weeks ago, and they all, they all were, or it might have been a highlight show, and they were all doing these little tap kick plays five out, mm. and they looked, they looked very hard to defend, and uh, and as we said, they, they they have copied it from up there, so. Um, who would have thought we would be looking north to get a bit more enterprising play as opposed to thinking would, they would be the ones going to the corners and line out driving or taking the three points. So, yes, it's uh, we had an interesting show and chat with uh, Scotty Stevenson there while you were uh, recovering from your wedding and it was very much around the innovation and the ideas of rugby and where they're coming from at the moment. And, um, yeah, it pains you to say, but... Maybe the, the intelligent coaching and, and the smart coaching is coming from up there. Mm, I definitely made it uh, good viewing over the weekend, yes. that's for sure. We also had Karen Reid on the program, of course, former All Blacks captain and World Cup winner, multiple World Cup winner. Uh, and he was talking about the coaching scenario in New Zealand, the headlines that Ian Foster made last week in the first round of Super Rugby, and whether a head coach should be appointed now. Or should it be appointed post-Rugby World Cup? Here's what he had to say. Um, I don't think so, no. I, I think, you know, Razor's Razor. I think he's in that position where, um, you know, he's been maybe, I don't know, the c- communication between both parties or what. But, um, you know, he, from my point of view, I think Razor's the next all-back coach. Um, you, know, prob- you know, it's probably what should be happening um, after the World Cup. But it's just like, okay, um, how best do we get there? Um, 
you know, and I think probably the best way forward if we're going to do it, if we want to look after our, you know, our best coaches in the country, which Fraser certainly is, then, you know, probably we just, you know, you name them, you move on and um, everyone can just focus on, you know, supporting Fozzie and, um, you know, because that's what we need to do for this year is getting behind him and, you know, the way New Zealand rugby are probably just letting things hang at the moment. There's probably not much support or Fozzie probably doesn't feel like there's much support for him. That is the strongest piece of support I have heard for Scott Robertson's All Black aspirations from a very well-respected member of the rugby community, Beef. Yeah, absolutely. When you've got the most recent All Black captain coming out and, I guess, speaking pretty plainly. Um, and I completely 100% agree. I think I've said it many times. That the best thing for Fozzie is, I think, to know that the weight of that, you know, that's over. Because at the moment... I dare say he's trying to prepare a team to go and win a World Cup in France, but he's also trying to prepare a job and <laughs> a job-saving act too mm. and, and all the political rubbish that goes along with that. So why not just say, this is how it's going to be and then say, Fozzie, you can turn it all around or you can you can go out like a champion and, and just focus in on Paris and put all your energy into Paris because... Unfortunately, if this still lingers on, the focus for him will be, oh, it might be 60% Paris and 40% trying to save your job or, or what have you. So I honestly think it is the best thing for him. If they come out, they say how it is, he can just zone in on the World Cup, getting 32 guys all in on the same sheet and uh, and crack forward with that as opposed to what we've seen now where it's just, it's like we're watching... Obama run for office at the moment isn't it it's just it's just going to be a campaign going on well a board meeting was had on Thursday I believe uh, with the New Zealand rugby board uh, and it sounds like they've made the decision to yes name an All Blacks coach before the World Cup and by all accounts it's going to happen very quickly we're talking weeks if not in the next month yeah, well, that's not too bad. I mean, obviously, we were told last year that it was going to happen in February. So by, by the standards that's been happening recently, that's, that's pretty good. Oh. That's pretty good. Um, so we can take a March, April. They've got to get it done before the All Blacks play a game. So that's what, that's at June, July. So, yeah, that's not a bad game by the uh, Rugby Union. If they can sort that out, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> We yeah. get a few more months of speculation We've on got our radio month. show from it. Yeah. We've got another month. Uh, Jeez, we're going to have to find some more content <laughs> when they, if they actually do name it. Super Rugby Beef plus All Blacks plus oh, NRL starts this week plus the Good. ANZ Premiership. We have sport coming out of our ears this year. Don't you worry about that. Right, when we come back, who did it better? We want you to decide who was more impressive on the weekend. Was it the 60 points the Blues put on the Highlanders or was it the Chiefs upsetting the Crusaders on their home soil and not just upsetting them? It it was a massive performance as well. 31 points on the defending, 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 defending champion Mm. Crusaders round one. What do you think? Who was more impressive, the Chiefs or the Blues? We'll hear from Beaver right after this.